The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. and drums, you know it's time for the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator, powered by Evergy. Join us as we explore the world of business, leadership, and entrepreneurship in Wichita. Learn from local business leaders and owners on how they have built and grown their companies and the challenges and opportunities they met along the way. Coming to you from the Evergy Room at the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Here are your hosts, Don Sherman and Ebony Clemens Ajibalande. Excellent. Welcome to another edition of the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator. Brought to you by, of course, Evergy. We're happy to be here. And we got a good friend in the house from Panole Blue. Ebony? Yes, I'm so excited. Today is a good day. I tell you why. Because I got snacks. <laughs> Today is a good day. I have the honor and privilege of introducing our dear friend, Eddie. And he's going to tell us a little bit about his business. Eddie, take it away. Hello, hello. First of all, thank you both. Thank you to the Chamber for taking the time to do this amazing podcast. Um, and nice to meet you, Ebony. Uh, my name is Eddie Sandoval. I'm the CEO slash founder slash chief corn grinder at Pinole Blue. <laughs> Love it. Corn grinder. That, that's what I like to tell people. I was going to make a business card with that one time. Uh, Pinole Blue is a food manufacturer here in Wichita, Kansas, that makes products out of organic blue corn. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've kind of been evolving over the years. Uh, we started in 2017 after I won the Wichita State New Business Competition with just selling uh, pinole, which is roasted ground corn flour. Mm-hmm. It comes from, since the time of the Mesoamerica in Mexico, uh, my family's from northern Mexico, and there's a famous indigenous tribe called the Tarumaras or the Raramori, who are known for drinking pinole, which is just corn flour with water, and will run 50 to 100 miles in the mountains with sandals made out of tires. What? If you've read the book Born to Run, um, or if you've seen those sandals where people just stick like their toes in, like those shoes, uh-huh. it all comes from that. Um, my wow. dad even knows how to speak their language. I've been drinking pinole my entire life. Uh, and then we started making protein mixes. We started making the cookies. And mm-hmm. then we started the tortilla factory. And Every once in a while, we get super creative and do crazy things like pink corn tortillas to tamales to chips. We do a little of everything. Real, real quick, pinole is cornmeal and water? Pinole, the word pinole is roasted corn flour. So we roasted roast the corn, corn almost like corn flour. Um, sorry, we roast the corn almost like popcorn, and then we grind it into powder. It's like a flour. Okay. That's what pinole is. And we call it pinole blue because we make it with blue corn. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. It's a pretty sweet story. Um and I have to say, what these sugar cookies, what are they? Azulitas? Yes. Um, so a lot of our recipes have been kind of uh, innovated based off my family's recipes. Mm. Uh, my mom, my family makes little cookies out of corn. 
especially during Lent season, because my family's Catholic, um, called Coricos, very um, northern Spain type pastry. And they would, it usually has like butter. And But we, but once they came into Mexico, they started making them with corn flour. And I changed the recipe a bit and we made them vegan. Mm. And we changed the name to Azulitas because Azul means blue. And they're Azulitas. It's something very traditional in northern Mexico called Coricos. We kind of upped the game. We made them vegan, gluten-free and actually healthy. My mom was telling me all the bad stuff that usually goes into them. <laughs> And that's how they came along. So I can feel good about eating like this entire bag. (laughs) (laughs) Because they are flavorful. Well, I did say they're healthy, but a whole bag, I'm not sure. Uh, I always warn people, if you eat one, you eat the whole bag. Really? Wow. They are good, I must Uh, say. They're really good with coffee and with wine, too. Mm. Did you bring any wine? I did not. Okay, Okay. well. I saw that Jenny Don was over here, and I was hoping uh, yeah. Don would be sharing a bottle with us. <laughs> yeah. So, to how long have you been in business, Eddie? Uh, 2017. 17. I, yeah, I started. So we officially tested the market in that January of 2017. I had the Panola idea boiling in my head my senior year of college when I was at Wichita State University. I was a finance major. I was interning for big companies, accounting firms. I thought I was going to be in dang Wall Street someday. Mm-hmm. And I, when I came back from study abroad and applying to jobs, no one even looked at my resume. And it was a little frustrating. You know, I think every senior in college goes through that. Yeah. And the Panola idea just kind of boiled in my head because my sister was living in Colorado at the time. She was lived in Boulder, which is like the healthiest city in America. They're always running or doing something. And I was just like, huh, I think these athletes would love Pinole. So I looked more into it. I found an organic blue corn provider out of Mexico from Chihuahua, where my family's from. Mm -hmm. I mentioned this idea to my international business professor. She convinces me to go down to Mexico, bring back a thousand pounds of corn in the back of my truck from the border and start in my garage. Mm. And at the same time, I was living in the dorm. (laughs) <laughs> so in the dorm room, I had all these powders and stuff, <laughs> nice. and we were just testing the market. We were selling on Facebook. We went to Western Kansas. We went to Kansas City. We sold 300 pounds in three months, and I was like, you know what? I think it's time to take this more serious. We competed in the new venture competition at Wichita State. We took first place in 2017 in April. I graduated in May, and we started ever since, but... I really don't consider it until 2018, 2017. We're still figuring out what the heck we were doing. <laughs> but yeah, that's how it all came along. That's a beautiful story. And it's exciting to me as an economic developer um, because, you know, part of my job and responsibility is to help, uh, you know, support businesses and to encourage them to expand and to start here. And um, food manufacturing is one of the industries that we really love. Um, so I appreciate you and hearing your story um, and starting right here in Wichita, Kansas, right? And how many employees do you have now? We have now six employees, I believe. Six. Yeah. Wow. So it started with you in a dorm room. That's it. And then now you have six and, employees. Yeah, I have a business partner and then we have six employees now. Yeah. Wow. Uh, there was a while back in the summer when things were hectic. I think we had nine at one time. Because of the pandemic, I presume? So the pandemic, as much as I don't like to admit, actually helped us uh, because we do a lot of Mm e-commerce. And I think when people, you know, going through a tough time and everything, and then uh, I think especially with the second and third generation, when they were remembering, you know, their family making this comfort food, making the cookies, and then here's Crazy Eddie doing these TikTok dances and all these other things. 
uh, people were ordering and it did really well. And then it just exploded. Uh, we were featured on BuzzFeed. We were featured on Tasty. Our tortillas have been in Bon Appetit magazine. And so we had quite a bit of momentum. Wow. Now, when I met you a few years ago, how many employees did you have then? Two. Okay, that's three. what I thought. Maybe three. Two. And yeah. This is a beautiful story, and I won't get ahead of my skis here, but I'm just glad you're here because you get to tell this story. And as an entrepreneur, I got to see it evolve from little man to now he doesn't return phone calls to me. <laughs> so it, it's very, very cool. It's because Don only calls for tamales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know the mic is hot, right? You know? <laughs> uh, it's cool. Um, what does your business solve besides feeding? What, what makes your business thrive? What does it solve? folks you know at the beginning you know as all businesses kind of evolve we were just trying to bring back pinole because it was something that's so common in mexico everyone drinks it with water it's especially popular during the holiday season drinking it with warm milk you add a little bit of cinnamon sugar and it tastes like a chai tea mm -hmm. it's called a tole a tole and then if you add a little bit of hot chocolate it's like hot chocolate on roids it's really good and so at first we were just trying to get, you know, the Hispanic community back involved of remembering the roots. And then, um, because even my dad, every time we went to Mexico, we had to bring back Pinole. You couldn't find it here. And then we started trying to hit the athletes to tell them, hey, like this is all natural, it's organic. But as we evolved with the tortillas as well, because what makes our tortillas different is we make them the ancient way. We cook, slow cook the corn with hydrated lime. We let it soak tw uh, 12 hours. And then in the morning, we rinse it, and we put it through a stone mill, and then we feed it through the machine. And we're one of the only tortilla factories that does that. And a lot of people um, haven't had a real tortilla like that since they left, you know, Mexico or Central America. So, and then now with TikTok and the way it's been going with our podcast, our own podcast series, I think we're trying to, sh we're shifting now into uniting people through food. Because the thing with corn, you can make so many different things with it. And we've been learning with thanks to the TikTok world and YouTube and Instagram that so many different cultures unite with corn. And it has bring and for us it's been amazing. And we've met some incredible people and we've been able to see um not only some amazing stories about people, you know, not being able to have a, a real corn tortilla for the last thirty years and then other Asian and African cultures about how they remember making similar products when they were little. So I think at first we went into being, you know, the ancient traditional superfood and to mm -hmm. now being the company that unites people through food. Excellent. So you hit on a little bit. Let's explore that marketing strategy you have as far as social marketing. What all do you use? Yeah, we've uh, we've always been a very heavy social media company, um, but I think TikTok was finally the platform where we were where everyone was finally able to understand us. Uh, there was a time where we had to have two Instagrams, one for just the powder mix and one for the tortillas. Really? Because people were like, you know, there's a guy running drinking pinole and then there's a tortilla and people are like, what the heck is the similarities yeah. here? Wow. But finally, TikTok, we're like, hey, we have blue corn. You can make this, you can make that. We're showing these funny videos and people were able to engage. And now... Man, just over the year, Don, if you're just wondering about employees, 
Our Facebook has 30,000 followers. Our TikTok has 180,000 followers. And our Instagram's at 15,000 followers. Um, and a year ago, right before the pandemic, we probably had, we had zero TikTok and we <laughs> probably had 7,000 on Facebook. So it just tells you how much it's evolved. But with TikTok, it has just really boomed um, because we jumped on it early. I'll never forget back in April when my business partner told me, hey, let's do a TikTok. I looked at him crazy. I was like, dude, isn't it just for middle schoolers to dance? Kind of like I'm looking at you now. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, but. Exactly. But first video hits half a million views out of the bucket. And help, it, me, help me understand. I'm sorry to interrupt, but <laughs> I'm old. But TikTok, I thought it was just for dancing. Okay. That's what everyone thought, even myself. But it really evolved because you could the algorithm's so much different than Facebook and Instagram because it it can really just grow organically. And so now people started using it more to sharing their stories. People started using it, you know, about athletes for the funny videos. And uh, Wendy's and Chipotle jumped on it early, you know, just to make videos. And that's how we really got onto it. So we just did, you know, our first video was just about our story. It just talked about this young guy that started a pinoli factory. And then we started we showed people about the difference of how our tortillas are made and this and that. And that's how BuzzFeed found us. I've had a Walmart buyer reach out to me. I've had a Target buyer reach out to me because that's of huge. TikTok. That is that wow. story is so dope. And I, I don't mean to interrupt, but you can I mean, ask like, she normally does. We, have a, we have a lot of sh long stories that can kind of fuel it out. We just well, have so many weapons here. It, <laughs> and I agree. I, you know, and it's not even really a question. Uh, it's kind of like a statement. Um, I need to be in one of your next TikTok videos, okay? Because I'm trying to get my status. We have a lot videos, of fun. I, right. So I want you to come to my house, send me like a, a don't you do like where there's food and and, like, <laughs> and I can get some tortillas and oh, I can wow. eat it and then my life is happy. So, oh do you, so do you want the TikTok for the attention or for the food? Both. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> and she's being kind. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you're good. It was uh, normally the former. We've but. had a lot of fun. We've, uh, we even had our FedEx driver do a dance with us. See? And our Fed and then we had one where like the FedEx driver was like, hey, uh, put all the packages on top of me and then open the doors and then I'll pop out. And we just did stuff like that and it just blew up. It got to the point where our TikTok followers, one time uh, I had a random customer come in. They're like, hey, how's uh, Lawrence How's Lawrence doing? And I looked at her, I was like, how do you know the name of our FedEx driver? Wow. She's like, because of TikTok, how's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So it's not just dancing, Don. Um, it's just the, it's just the content, the way you can grow, the algorithm. There's starting to be a lot more competition, but I've told every business owner, like, even if you're a dang mom and pop shop selling burgers, mm -hmm. just do videos. Like, it'll just be amazing. Ours grew so much. I've had people, Don, visit me from Kansas City, from Texas, from Minneapolis. I had a, a woman the day after Thanksgiving fly in from Seattle that Friday she called me, can I meet you Saturday morning? Because I'm just mind blown by your business and I just want to meet you. I was a little skeptical, but I was like, fine. She flew in. I looked up the flight details and she was flying in. She flew in and Friday, meets me Saturday morning. She took pictures. She bought products. She took a T-shirt and flew back Saturday. Wow. She came from Seattle to meet Eddie Sandoval in Pinole Blue in Wichita, wow. Kansas. Unbelievable. So, and she found us on TikTok. And then the thing with TikTok, Don, it's not so much even just the young generation. A lot of the older generation is getting on it, too. Um, Apparently, I need to step up. 
it's not too late for you, Don. Yeah. And my dance moves are pretty popular. So <laughs> once you get your account going, let yeah. me know. Just 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 a couple of days ago, Don, we did a funny video. Uh, we got a heart-shaped box from Target. And we put tamal, uh, tacos in there, using, making our pink corn tortillas mm. for Valentine's Day. And I got a couple buddies and then one of our employees. And we just did a little video where we dressed up. I knocked on the door. And the guys were serenading her oh, yeah. because they play them. They play the guitar and the accordion, and then she opens the box and eats the tacos. Simple as that, right? Don't give everybody any ideas. I, I, I think this, I like that one. No. <laughs> Don, I checked this morning. It's at two hundred and twenty thousand views. It's big time. So you, you know, you plan some successes with uh, social media to to tell your story. Um, how do you set goals for your business? Oh man. <laughs> um. You know, we've, the thing with our business is we've grown tremendously fast. Um, as Don's told you just a year ago, we had two employees. Now we're up to six. Uh, the biggest thing is we always do our yearly, you know, uh, forecast of how we're going to do with the monthly. But not just sales. But the other thing is with my uh, business partner, he does all the social media. Uh, we always try to see... Um, not necessarily goals, but I guess we try to write down our to-do list of mm-hmm. how many influencers are we going to try to hit. Let's try to do as much content, how many podcasts. And I think from there, it kind of involves uh, evolves into goals, um, how we've been setting them. Uh, the biggest thing with us is we've always shot big. Uh, we've always been shooting for the stars um, of how much it's been. You know, we we always said, hey, next year, let's double, let's triple even if we don't get close, it's always been fun to see how close we've been um, mm-hmm. and how much we've grown. So, um, and then our advisor, my business professor that I told you about, um, she still actually advises us. and She's been tremendous help um, as well. So she's, it's always good to have another set of eyes. And now uh, we, we have a private investor as well that we, he's an angel investor and we talk to him and how we overlook it. Um and, you know, we said we're going to try to get into Whole Foods and mm-hmm. we got into Whole Foods. So I guess as much as I say their goals, most of the time for us, it feels like a to-do list. And now that we're stepping out of being just a startup of just us two, we've had to become a lot more structured now because we yeah. have employees and we got to tell them how to do it. And then we have to, we've been having to learn how do you think like a CEO. I still don't think I'm a CEO, feel like a CEO, but now I have to look over the picture uh, when six months ago I was wearing the apron and I was the one making the tortillas, you know. So it's been a drastic change. We're still learning, but um, it's been a lot of fun. You know, that's that's a great story. You know, it's it's always interesting to hear business owners who started their own business not looking at themselves as the CEO. Um, but as you begin to uh, grow and step into that role and own it a little bit more, can you talk to us a little bit about the resources that you've used to help you achieve? You mentioned your business professor still being an advisor. Um, what other type of resources um, have you used? Um, I, I saw the W pin on your jacket. Um, that was one of the best boards I've ever sat on. I love it. I'm still on the advisory council. Talk to us a little bit about the tools um, that the cha- maybe the chamber has, uh, organizations like W, like what things helped you? You know, when you're small business and you're poor, <laughs> <laughs> you have to, you take any resources thrown at you. Uh, it kind of reminds me of high school, you know, when you're applying to scholarships, you know, you apply to every scholarship that crosses your face. We've been taking advantage of everything. We've uh, been in the chamber. We've been in the uh, the W group. 
I somehow got lucky enough to have Don as my mentor, too. <laughs> you, lucky? Lucky. lucky. <laughs> you are pretty lucky. <laughs> He, he was our taste tester, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now comes, the truth it comes, comes out. out. <laughs> exactly. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but we've been in the news. We've been in local podcasts. We've been anything. We've done giveaways. Uh, man, I can't even think about it. We've done presentations, One Million Cups. We've done the Startup Grind. Mm-hmm. Wow. We've been in the Midwest Living Magazine. We've been in the Bon Appetit Magazine. Look at you. Just, just rolling we, off yeah, your tongue. showing out. Yeah, you know, we, we just took every opportunity. You know, at the beginning, you have to be creative. That's what I tell people. Mm-hmm. When I tell people to be creative, they look at me like Don looks at me. And they're like, oh, how do you think of these amazing ideas? It's like, Look, man, all I did was make a bunch of panole <laughs> and some cookies, and I went down to the Cornejo construction site, and we made a video of me giving it away. Like, was it that creative? No. Wow. So just stuff like that. And by the way, that video did really well, Don. But <laughs> I'm learning. Yeah. This you is know, where the mentee is, is, the, is mentor. the mentor. Yeah. You know, it. and you— and of course, you know, like every small business you hear, you get your door closed in your face all the time. We were doing door-to-door sales at the beginning. Mm-hmm. We wow. would lo- I would load the truck full of pinole, and I would drive door-to-door and sell pinole to these little mom-and-pop shops. We would go to Western Kansas. I've been all the way up to Minneapolis, clear down to Houston, just selling wow. pinole. We got our door shut down. I've had to tell coffee shops, I was like, hey, try doing this with as a latte. They look at me like I'm crazy, but I'm like, just try it. We'll give it to you for free. See how it goes. We've been on consignment. And I think all those little struggles has helped us find the resources that we have today. And the biggest thing with social media, too, is influencers. Mm -hmm. You know, you have these people with huge followings. All you have to do is simply send them a message like, hey, my name is Eddie Sandoval. I love what you're doing. I'd love to send you samples. You'd be amazed. Some people actually respond. And then some emails. I've been very fortunate to meet some uh, incredible influencers and now they we send each other text messages and they're asking me for help. So well, that's been a big one uh, as well. Influencers, man, that's that's huge. We're gonna we're here with Eddie right now talking about his wonderful story. We're gonna take a short break and then we'll come back to learn about those influencers. Severe weather. Whether it's hail, wind, rain, or snow, storms can cause damages, inconveniences, and sometimes even power outages. At Evergy, we're committed to providing safe, reliable energy. And in the event of an outage, our linemen work tirelessly to restore your power as quickly and as safely as possible. And with tools like our outage map and real-time updates, we're with you every step of the way. Visit evergy.com slash stay safe to learn more. The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Success for our members, leadership for our community, and prosperity for our region. We need your input to continue to improve the business environment in Kansas and to ensure the success of our members. See wichitachamber.org for more information. To provide us input about this podcast series, send an email to communications at wichitachamber.org with your questions, comments, and suggestions for the business leaders we should feature and important topics we should address. Welcome back, everyone. We are here having a conversation with Eddie Sandoval, and he's talking about all his wonderful social media and all the successes he's had over the couple of years for doing his food manufacturing in Wichita, Kansas. So who are some of the influencers on social media that, you, uh, that you're that you connected with? I mean, like any of the uh, Kylie Jenner or, you know. <laughs> the, the big ones? Yeah. 
have you guys ever followed his username is at Don Sherman. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> he's a big one for That's us. That's the one. That's all I needed to know. That's who I'm going to follow. He's, he's a big one for Y'all us. Y'all are too funny. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I can't remember how many million followers he has, but you guys should, you guys should give him a shout. I, yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Starts with a decimal point, then zero, zero, one, two, three. And Don, Don's eyes even lit up. He was wondering who it was. Yeah, I was. I, was. I think he pulled up his phone oh, to follow them on Instagram. It's me. Oh, my gosh. So, oh, that was a good one. But no, uh, man, we've started with even just small ones. Uh, but I think the biggest, as we've kind of progressed, um, you know, even uh, down here in the Delano District, uh, All Things Barbecue. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know, they have a big YouTube following. I think it's like 60,000, 70,000. Wow. No, we simply took that. them like some tortillas and they made tacos with them. They did really well. But uh, we've tried to do, you know, a lot of the local ones, um, but uh, what, I'm trying to think of them all. Some of the big ones that have helped us a lot is uh, there's a lady down in Austin, Texas. Her name is Vanessa Amaro. Hmm. During the pandemic, she grew really big. She's a housekeeper, and all she was doing was giving people tips on how to clean. And, you know, with the pandemic, we were all taking extra precautions right. cleaning, okay. right? Well, she has over 2 million followers now on TikTok, if I remember and she just blew up during the pandemic. And she reached out to us that she would love to try our tortillas. And, like, my hands were sweating when I read that message. And I was like, heck, yeah, we'll send you as much as you want. And yeah. she just gave us shout-outs. I mean, I know it's random cleaning with the tortillas, but she is Hispanic. And it just blew up. We sold so many dang tortillas after her. So shout-out to Vanessa. She listens to this podcast. She's amazing. She just got sponsored by Scrub Daddy. Man, I'm trying you to You need think. to make sure you send this to Vanessa so she can listen to the yeah, Wichita a, Chamber yeah. Business Accelerator <laughs> podcast. Yeah. She's a huge fan for of ours. Um I'm just Well, I mean, to, but I, I think that's huge. That's important. And I appreciate you sharing your plugs because I'm gonna go follow her. She's we actually incredible. Um I know Dawn probably doesn't clean, but I still recommend you follow her. She's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you you know, just a, a, a shift because we've talked about all the successes you've had. Mm-hmm. We've not really talked about any challenges. Can you share uh, some of your challenges that you've had or some things that keep you up at night? Oh, goodness. Everything. <laughs> As I mentioned, the beginning was probably the toughest. Uh, the first two years by far, you know, you're driving around these small rural areas trying to sell pinole out of the back of your truck and you got rent to pay. You have no idea what's going on. The first two years, you can't even pay yourself. And a business partner, he couldn't. Be, we couldn't even pay him either. And it's just tough. Those those are the hard days. And I think, I, um, I'm trying to think of other challenges. It's just been, and then now it's been the growth. You know, you, with the pandemic, when the pandemic hit, still, I'll never forget the story. Um, March, right before St. Patrick's Day, we made green tortillas. We had a couple bars in town. They were going to make green tacos for the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Mm-hmm. And then the lockdown hits. Yeah. And I'm stuck with like 120 pounds of green tortillas. And I was like, what are we going to do? So I just cut them up, fried them. And I, I think I took them to the Lord's Diner and I just donated them. I was like, you guys can make nachos, whatever you like. We have no use for these. And um, and then we just got to thinking, like, what are we going to do? Our restaurant accounts were closed all the mom and pop shops were closing and that's when you really got to think of how to be creative and we were simp- we decided we were like you know what let's just sell food we were selling tamales to go and we we're making enchiladas to go and 
um, when we were doing the tamales, we would make these funny videos because, you know, everyone was going through a tough time during the lockdown. I had a hazmat suit and we were, we even tied a tamale on the drone and we told people we'd be delivering them to their house like <laughs> nice. that. We offered free delivery in Wichita and some people legit thought we were delivering them on a drone. And I think at that time, you know, it showed people humor and it brought out a dark time that we were going through. And that kind of shifted us, you know, we're selling tamales and enchiladas and even Scott Rattler came and bought me enchiladas and he saw in the back, I mean, we're, we're cooking on dang propane burners, but it was working, you know, we're getting our way through. Um, but we've just had so many challenges, um, not just on the money perspective of we would go to these marathon expo shows and we would put the dang entry fee on a credit card and we just crossed our fingers that we'd be able to sell enough product to pay mm-hmm. the credit card. Mm-hmm. Um, so just stories like that. And I'll never forget to uh, one of our first loads of corn came on a huge... 2,000 pound bag, like where construction rock comes in, just a big sack. And I had to move it from our shop to another mini storage, and I couldn't find anyone to help me move it. And I rented a trailer, but I needed someone to be able to lift it and put it on something. The forklift rental places were going to charge me like $200 just for 30 minutes, and I was really wondering, what are we going to do? I literally stood in the parking lot of a Home Depot until I saw... (laughs) A construction crew pull up and ask, hey, like, hey, could you guys load me up? And they followed me and loaded me up. Oh, wow. And literally charged me $30. <laughs> that's awesome. Wow. That is, that's crazy. What do you do to unwind at work? What's this work-life balance or do you have one? <laughs> last year with the, with everything going on, last year I think was the biggest one that took the toll on me. Um, it was just, we were running around like chickens with no heads because, it was difficult when you're growing so fast because it's like, yeah, we're doing great right now. We're making big sales. Um, but what's going to happen tomorrow? And then also, do you uh, do you try to go ahead and pay an employee to do it so you can step out and try to make more sales? But now you got to work twice as hard to make those sales to make up for that employee. Mm-hmm. And then we were expanding. We had to take over the building next door to us. And so it was just a hectic time. And I think that was time was the one that took the biggest toll on me. I, I remember there were some nights I would even get these back aches that even the chiropractor couldn't figure out. And he's like, I think it's just stress. Mm. But the biggest things I've, for me, has been running. Running has been a great stress reliever for me. Um, and reading has been a big one. I always like to learn. Um, I think it's a big one to learn things outside of what you do. And then uh, I think with the lockdown, it was hard, too, because, you know, I like to go out to eat and have a beer with friends and stuff. Um, has been to go out to enjoy nature. I'm a big nature person. Um, growing up, I did construction and lawn work, so I love being outside. Um, so that's been a big one. I've visited a lot of the state parks and stuff, and that's that's how it is for me. Everyone's different. Um, and visiting, uh, well, at least trying to reach out to a fa- uh, other family and friends as well, especially during this time. What can the chamber do to help you in your business? What more What more can the chamber do? What more can the chamber do? I think uh, I've spoke with some of the chamber members, and I don't know. I think it would help me in the long run, but one thing that I've always mentioned is it would be great here in Wichita because, as you know, the food scene is incredible here in Wichita. We have so many Mexican restaurants, Vietnamese restaurants, great American barbecue. We love to eat here in Wichita. There's no denying there. Um, I think for a while, am I correct? We were the 
We were the city with most restaurants per capita in the correct. United States. Yeah. That is correct. And I wish there was an area where we could have a community kitchen where people that want to start a food business can go in and rent the kitchen for, I don't know, six hours or something. And they can have their food processing license, their food handler license and that. Because when I started, that was also one of my difficulties. I was a finance major. I had no idea about food. I asked some professors. I went around grocery stores asking who the heck has a commercial kitchen I could use. And a professor got me in contact with Bash Brothers Barbecue Sauce. They're out of Hayesville. Hmm. and they rented me a little corner, like half of the, probably the size of this table, and that's where I would make my product. And uh, because they took, uh, the founder of Bash Brothers Barbecue was taking an MBA class. And I wish there was more learning opportunities for people to know about food manufacturing, mm -hmm. because there's tons of people, you know, especially right with the pandemic, that started making cookies out of their home, started making tamales out of their home. And they're not doing that because they want to break the law. They're doing that because they don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't blame them. If I probably would have been doing the same thing if I didn't know what a food handler's license, what a food processing license is. Right. You have to have an ins a liability insurance. And I think if we do that, you know, it helps not only the city of Wichita, but it also gives us another uh, advantage of food options and maybe mm -hmm. even want to bring more people because – for a while, that's what Wichita was known for. They would come bring restaurants here, test them, see how they right. do before they expanded them. What's challenging about operating in Wichita Metro? So far for us, uh, being honest here, I think this would happen anywhere, not just in Wichita Metro, uh, would be how much people were just hesitant about blue tortillas kind of surprised me. I was like, tortillas... Our tortillas, you know, mm -hmm. we, you eat them and everything, tacos, quesadillas. And we've gone to every local restaurant. We've gave free tortillas. We were like, hey, try them on your menu. You don't have to change all your tortillas. Just just make an option with them. And that's been uh, very difficult with the community that I wish uh, we could have, it would have been better for us. Um, and one thing that, that I've even told people is just like, I feel like with TikTok, we're almost famous everywhere else except in our home base. Mm -hmm. Um, don't get me wrong. We do have an incredible following here. Uh, the, which, the local Whole Foods here in Wichita is our top seller. Um, but I just wish we had, um, I don't know, ways to expand where people were, especially with the well-established restaurants, that would be able to take on new opportunities. Well, not new opportunities, but try to help the little guys is what I'm trying to say. Excellent. Yeah. That's one thing I love about this podcast. There's no way you're going to get this story unless it's here. Mm -hmm. And hopefully this will be the start of, you know, sharing with the chamber what we might be able to do in the future. Eddie, where do you see the business um, in five years from now? Man, we've grew so much last year to this year. Hopefully by five years, we have a way bigger manufacturing. That'd be the first part. We're, we're operating out of a small uh, custom kitchen that I've had to build from scratch. But I think for me, I've told this to a lot of people. It's not, for me, it's not so much how much products I sell, how much our sales is, how incredible it is. Uh, because we actually donate part of our sales back to the Tarumara community in northern Mexico. Um, by the way, there's a Netflix documentary and an ESPN 30 for 30 documentary about them that you guys, should, I'd highly recommend. But for me, it has been to be able to make access of healthy food options like this mm -hmm. to everyone. As you guys know, a lot of urban areas with the food deserts going on, um, you know, with the huge, uh, Mexico is number one in child obesity in the world. Mm -hmm. It even beats the U.S. 
and a large portion of the Hispanic community in the U.S. is known for having diabetes, cholesterol, and health options. But I think for me, it's just to be, when you're walking down the aisle at Walmart, Dylan's, you see, I don't know, Nesquik chocolate or the Swiss Mexican, uh, Swiss hot chocolate, and then you see Pinole Blue right there. Mm-hmm. And if you're walking down the tortillas, you see the Mission, the other tortillas, and then in the fridge, you see the Pinole Blue tortillas. And not so much that the sales goal for me, I think it's just the fact that uh, I'm, I didn't even mention this. I'm actually originally from a small town in north central Kansas called Solomon. Do you know where Solomon is? I don't know where Solomon is. Solomon is between Salina and Abilene. Thousand people. We don't, we don't even have a gas station. And I've mentioned to people the fact that <laughs> took a kid from Solomon, Kansas to move to Wichita, Kansas to start the first stone ground blue corn tortilla factory. I hope that inspires other kids um, especially being the son of immigrants to wanting to seeing the power that it doesn't matter where you're from, where, what money you have, that you can start a business yourself. I love that. That is powerful. That is a powerful testimony. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Who is a leader that you admire in your industry? In my industry? Yeah. Oh, uh, even though he's not part of the industry, I've always mentioned to people, one of my biggest inspiration is Blake Mikowski. He's the fo- he's the founder of Tom's, the shoes, you know? Oh, yeah. Tom's shoes. I I respect Blake because I feel like he was the first founder of the first social, he was not the founder, but I think he really let the, laid the foundation for social impact entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Tom shoes. People don't even wear Tom shoes, but they know you buy a pair, he donates a pair. Okay. And yes. that's, okay. he has an incredible book. It's called uh, Start Something That Matters. I recommend it to everyone. Um, even though he's not in the food industry, he's a big idol for myself. Um, another big one uh, that I admire as well is called Siete Foods. Uh, you might have seen them at Dylan's and stuff. They're the ones making chips now with like almond flour and like cassava flour. Mm. They have a really nice packaging. Uh, they have a cool story. Uh, it's a family that um, the youngest sibling had a grain allergy. So, and so they all committed to not eating any tortilla. And do you know how hard it is of being a Hispanic household without <laughs> tortillas? Yeah, that's... <laughs> and so the grandma went to work and she started making almond flour tortillas. So the family would be able to make it. And the brother saw business opportunities, and it is blown up now. They're in Kroger, they're in Walmart, and I think it's an incredible story that has to do with heritage, family, mm-hmm. and kind of happened by accident. So I, I, I admire that company a lot too. Do you use cassava flour in your cooking? I've never used cassava flour. Um, maybe someday because we evolve uh, all kinds of different products. So maybe someday. Hmm. It's huge in the uh, African community. We're Nigerian, and so we use that a lot for fufu. Yeah, uh, yeah. So cassava is very well known. And I hope one day um, I'm walking down Dylan's aisle and I can get those blue tortillas. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Looking forward to shout your out, success. Shout out to Kroger. <laughs> <laughs> well, so as we're wrapping up, I just kind of I, I'm curious to know, because you have a lot, you read a lot. And uh, you've mentioned a couple of different books and a couple of different authors and things like that. So if you were to have a book of your own um, and you created your bio- biography, what would the title be? Oh, that was a loaded question here. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to say I read a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> I have a tendency to not finish books at times. Uh, 
back when I was driving so much on the road, uh, I listened to a lot of audiobooks. So I knocked a lot of them out like that. But I tell people I'm like the driest person because I read a lot of business books and novels. But I don't know. I don't know what it would be. Um, hopefully not just Eddie Sandoval or uh, the Pinole, the Pinole story. But I think uh, my friends call me the Corn Man, so maybe yes, the Corn Man. Yes, the Corn Man. <laughs> I like that. Nice. Yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> the Corn Man. I, and, and then I got friends that will call me and they're like, "Man, the grind never stops." And I was like, "Literally, when we're not grinding corn flour, we're grinding corn tortillas, we're grinding masa." So maybe right. that would be it. The grind the never grind stops. The grind never stops. I like that. Both of them are really awesome. I think the Corn Man is a good one for your book, and the grind never stops could be your movie. Oh, there we go. There, there you we are. Go. Yeah. <laughs> you can pay me for that later. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do word association, mm-hmm. and this is rapid fire. One word. Uh, word association and uh, try to get you up out of here. We appreciate your story, though. Uh, College. Development. Beverage. Refreshing. (laughs) Failure. Lessons. Wichita. Cultural Metroplex. Okay. The Chamber. Networking. Nice. Hero. Idol. Fun. Drive. Last one, vacation. Unwinding. Unwinding. Excellent. Love it. That was pretty good. You're good at word association. I had to take a little pause. You you got me there. That's all right. (laughs) We need to get you every now and then. I know, I know. (laughs) Well, it's been a real hoot uh, having a conversation (laughs) with you. You've been so much fun. And I've learned a lot. Like, and again, as everyone knows who listens to uh, the podcast, I love gifts and snacks. So, I mean, like, obviously, you're one of my favorites. Oh, okay. <laughs> one of my faves. Did, did she say this after every podcast? I'm I do just say it after every co- podcast. But, I mean, today, right now, this oh, moment. okay, okay. <laughs> well, thank you for tuning in, everyone. I appreciate you uh, listening in every week. Uh, please subscribe. Please make sure that you like us and follow us and leave a review for us. Let us know who you'd like to hear from next. Till next time. Peace. The Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator is brought to you by the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce and is powered by Evergy. Visit wichitachamber.org for a list of the area leaders we've interviewed for this series. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net. The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. Thank you for your support of small businesses. If you are interested in learning more about small business investment, contact Angie Elliott at A-E-L-L-I-O-T-T at wichitachamber.org.